Flowers, welcome to Talking During Movies, the podcast where we take key moments and quotes from a film to drive a conversation. How are you, my friend? I'm doing great today. I, look at I'm trying to Brian Maze it with my beard. Hey, it looks nice. <laughs> look, I don't I have more gray than him because I'm older than him. Oh, I wouldn't have known that. I don't know. I've been trying to grow my beard out, but like it's just it not working? working for me. Why not? not great. Are you not committed? It's the commitment issue. Yeah, I just have commitment issues. <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. So, thanks for doing this. Uh, these are crazy times, obviously, in the world we're living in for people that might listen to this uh, another time. Just as a heads up, uh, the, uh, the number two download in the world for this podcast is Russia, but Russia doesn't influence this podcast, so. Great. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I got a lot of fans there. You got a lot. You're going to get some fans there now. <laughs> Can't wait. Get these emails. Bosnodonets, Boris Natasha, we chase Musen Squirrel. That's pretty good. Thanks. We're working on it. I'm a master impressionist if I just do that. Okay. Then stop there for <laughs> sure. Start and stop right there. So we're going to talk over the often copied, never duplicated, magical, original Wizard of Oz. This is one of your top 10 movies. Tell me a little bit about why you like this movie so much. Okay, this is, it took me one second to write that this was my number one favorite movie ever. And then the rest of the list, I literally had to Google like, what are good movies? Because I couldn't, I could barely think of other movies that I like loved as much as this movie. I don't, I don't, I don't know why I love it so much. It just is like, reminds me of my childhood or something Mm -hmm. um it has everything you want witches wizards tornadoes magic you know it's got Um, everything right yeah it does it really does i don't know i have two wizard of oz tattoos Ooh. okay yep Mm -hmm. what are those uh characters the word wizard of oz what you got going on (laughs) <laughs> just across my forehead wizard of oz wizard of um no i have tin man's heart mm-hmm. and then i have a quote from the movie nice would you like to know what it is yes i would okay it is hearts will never be practical until they can be made unbreakable oh yeah that's sweet and very true i like that i like that a lot yeah. that's some mm-hmm. good stuff all right so, so you've got the link to the movie yes you want to put it on mute and okay. you get 10 seconds in, just tell me, and then I'm going to hit play. And then everyone along, what they do is they pull up the Wizard of Oz and then they Okay. Will- Five, seven, 
nine, 10. Beautiful, here we go. We got that wonderful lion warming us up. Um, <clears throat> so we just got done with a crazy bout of weather and I don't, you know, and, and uh, I mean, no insensitivity to this to anyone who's gone through uh, any crazy bouts of weather, but um, in your reporting, how do you measure uh, trauma like that and at the same time produce good news? So I'm, what I do is completely like is way different than what other reporters do. Mm -hmm. I oh, am. That's why I'm asking you this question. <laughs> well, I come from lifestyle television mm -hmm. where like I hosted shows where, you know, there's people who pay to be on the show, pay for us to go out there and do fun segments. And so coming here, I'm the cultural reporter. So my stuff is very light and like, I'm the good news person mostly, you mostly, know? Yeah. So I, I think that I am I feel emotions very strongly. So it would be hard for me to make the uh, transition from what I do currently to harder news. Like that would be really hard for me. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. I don't understand how more reporters don't break down and cry or just hug them. Like I, right? Uh, yeah, and I think that they, you know, it's not like they're heartless people. I think that they really care so much. They just know that they like have this duty to like, share stories and share information and share truth. And that just like comes above. But I, I'm fairly certain that once they go off air, like tough, stress. Tough, tough yeah. going. You, yeah. you came from uh, Roanoke, West Virginia to here. Roanoke, Virginia. Ro Roanoke, Virginia. You've got huh. the laziest state of all just west of you. Couldn't figure out a name. So they just went, oh, we're west of Virginia. Yep. Nailed it. Mm -hmm. uh, you, uh, your culture reporter there, culture, well, not culture, you had a, day, a daytime morning talk show, for lack of a better term, right? Right, yep. Mm -hmm. Culturally, outside of the wild whites of West Virginia and all the craziness that we see going on, tell us more instead of the differences, how, how is Virginia and Roanoke and Austin alike? Where, where are their similarities there? Um, I, I don't know. They are very different. One thing that we loved about Roanoke is that like it's pretty small it has everything that you need but only like one of everything you need so like there was like one target and it's um but it had like the coolest downtown area where like you know I come I'm from Albuquerque where mm -hmm. it's like you probably shouldn't go downtown because it's not safe and then moving the to like, exactly from the green chili that'll attack you but then roanoke was just so awesome because like it's safe and it's beautiful and um there is so much beauty in roanoke and i think that's one of the similarities to here is that like in new mexico there's not very much green um, mm -hmm. but then Roanoke and Austin, like there's just so much difference, like in, um, there's green Hills. Some people call them mountains, but there's like actually greenery there. Um, I, I loved both. We really have enjoyed living in Austin. We've only been here for a year and a half now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the, uh, you know, one of the things I love to do is give local businesses a shout out here. Uh, times are tough. 
Hey, yeah, you know, it's Bill Gates' famous quote is, hey, the last dollar I would spend, I would spend it on marketing and PR. Uh, unfortunately, they got to pay people. They're not Bill Gates. So you've been here a year and a half. A couple of your favorite spots you love to go to, you definitely don't want to see go away. What comes um, to So when my husband came out here, we came here because of his job. So when they flew us out here just to kind of check it out to see if it was a place we wanted to live, one thing that we really enjoy doing is going and seeing improv theater. And mm -hmm. so we went to the hideout theater and we've been there a few times and I've done a few segments with hideout theater. So that's one place that like, man, I just love that place. Like there's something about improv and I really, I think that a lot of people could benefit from it. I know that I would benefit from doing some improv. Um, but that's one place that I just like love, love, love so much. Um, also, Chilantro's obviously kind of bigger, but it's still local. We eat there. I mean, I literally just ate Chilantro. Uh, we probably go there twice a week and it, we spend a lot of money there that we probably don't have. <laughs> hey, it's, um, it's called, it's called giving support. All right. That's yes, exactly. I like and that. then it's not like, uh, I get, I don't know if it's a local business, but I am very into women's soccer. And so, mm -hmm. um, the elite women's team, they are here, they are a semi-professional team and I don't know, I think that they could use a little more support and recognition for sure. I like that. I like that a lot. Did you, did you play soccer? Yes, I do. And uh -huh. did you play have... in college? I didn't. I got pregnant in college. <laughs> yeah. That makes it tough to play soccer. It's, it it's does. Yes. Uh, no, I wish I would have, but I did not get to play college soccer. Um, but I basically have played my whole life. I, uh, I rank sports and their difficulty in things that I've tried and then things that my friends do that I'm obviously cannot do. So my buddy, Janai Kerr, water polo player, first African-American to uh, be a goalie for the U.S. Olympic team. Went to China, wow. won a bronze medal. He's like 6'8", with a 6'11", wingspan, can float in the water and throw the ball 60 miles an hour. He's a specimen. Wow. So I've seen them work out. I'm like, okay, I can't do that. I'll drown and die. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah water polo. Yeah, not happening. But then right below number two is soccer. Because even though I got bad knees and bad ankles, I can still run, kind of. Like the Tin Man, right? Oil yeah. <laughs> we got to yeah. get it. Takes a minute. By a minute, uh, a couple hours. But I, I mean, it's first sport that ever made me throw up from working out. Just yeah. Running sprints that you've got, and I don't know what the people are called, so forgive my ignorance. But I've got my buddy who was an alternate for um, the LA Galaxy. Is that who it is? Uh -huh. He was an alternate for them, and he's kicking the ball. He's like, just run a couple times. I'm like, what? He's like, just run a couple times as fast as you can down the field. I'm like, okay, do it a couple times. It's like, all right, I've got you. I'm like, what? He goes, just run. The ball's going to hit your foot. Mm -hmm. And I would just be sprinting as hard as I can. And all of a sudden, the corner of my head, I'd see a little flash and my foot would step down and the ball would just bring around. He's like, come on, get your foot straight when you run. That's otherwise it's going to veer. I'm like, get my foot. I'm dying. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, the professionals, you know, some of them run 13 miles a game. Yeah. Um, I, I think like my average game is only like four miles, which is still a lot. Yeah. 
That's a lot. I couldn't, I don't think I could just go outside right now and run four miles, oh, but 100%. I could do it if it's like chasing a ball around, I could do that. Yeah. What, uh, what scratches your itch now? Are you still, are you playing, you know, like a soccer league here or do you do different stuff? Yeah. So, uh, soccer was the first thing that I, this is one of my favorite parts of the whole movie right here. <laughs> um, soccer is one of the first things it was the first thing that I set up when we were going to move here from Roanoke. It was, okay, the first thing I'm going to do is find a soccer team to join. And that's how I'll try and make friends. So we moved on like a Monday. I played on a soccer team that Saturday. Wow. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it was, I don't, I don't go a long time without playing soccer. I tore my ACL about a year ago. Ouch. Um, Definitely. And so that was the longest that I had gone without playing soccer. I had to wait, you know, nine months to play soccer. But yes, I still play. Um, I played with the the women's elite team this summer. It was, you know, everything is messed up right now. So like our co-ed summer season didn't happen and fall season is pushed back. So, you know, just try and kick the ball around when I can. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's a I, I love basketball. I love playing. And uh, these are interesting times trying to figure different things out to get that competitive, those juices, not only just flowing, but then get them out. Like I feel times I'm stressed. And I was like, oh, yeah. I haven't had another 220 pound young man <laughs> who's like 20 years younger than me, posting me up trying to score on the old guy. Like I haven't had that. Oh, yeah. Right, and that were that rush of hitting a game winner over a kid who's twenty years younger than me. Because I'm lucky, not because I'm good. It's lucky, right? <laughs> lucky at the right time. That feeling, and then just the contact and the the sweat and the adrenaline, and yeah, yeah it's a, it's it's a hard thing to uh, to replace, especially um, when you're by yourself a lot. Yeah, um, it's definitely a mood regulator. What uh, what do you see? You know, it's. Culturally, if you compare like what's happening or what, you know, the thinking about um, the Wizard of Oz, right? And all of the, the chaos and craziness, you know, and then you think about, it, it seems like parts of the Wizard of Oz are, are almost like you can take snapshots of what's happening in the world. You're like, oh, look, the tornado landed there <laughs> and they're chasing the wild witch. Do you, being a cultural reporter, how do you measure the flows in culture where you don't get maybe caught up on something too aggressively or at the same time know to chase that story a little farther. Yeah, I think that, so this is a new position for KVU. Mm -hmm. um, it's a completely different thing for me because I don't come from news. It's my first time being on the news side of things and I'm still the lighter version of news. Um, so we, everybody with me has been just kind of figuring out what is this role and what does it mean? And mostly it means like I'm covering the events, like, you know, the happy events. I went to ACL. I was very much looking forward to South by, obviously mm -hmm. that didn't happen. Um, and I don't know, I started to do a little bit larger segments to talk about kind of like more generic things. So one of the things that I did was, how to make friends as an adult and making friends in Austin. And like, um, so I had most of the time when I go, I do an interview with like one person, but I had like multiple people and different angles. And um, so, I how mean, it's that? still what, what is it? That's interesting, right? How to make friends as an adult. It's a great piece because 
honestly, we don't know. And the yeah. rules we're told, you know, we tell our children are lies. One yeah. rule is sharing. No one walks up to you who you've barely met, grabs the keys to your car and says, I'm going to go for a ride. And, you go, mm -hmm. and your husband reaches over and goes, Brittany, sharing is caring. Right. Let him take the yeah, car. No. Good. What's, you know what? We're not going out. Yeah. We're not going to be a sharer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, it's completely different. Because when you're, I mean, obviously proximity has something to do with it. When you're a kid, it's like, you're the same size as me. So now we're friends. Yeah. But then, you know, when you get older, it's like your interests change. And then when you move, it's like trying to figure out, okay, how am I going to make friends? And you don't want to like, be pushy about it mm -hmm. but um it's been I've had luck making friends soccer has been an interest and then I've made friends at work the people at KVU are awesome like I yeah. love this station so much and I love the people that's my favorite part about it and so I'm very good friends with people that I work with which is awesome I know you guys got Erica back from Houston yeah you know um the, the, everyone over there is, that I've had the privilege to, uh, to, to work with and talk with, they're absolutely amazing. Really, you're, you're 100% on. It's, it's, a, it's a great community of, of workers, uh, for sure, employees. Yeah. Where, um, what was probably the biggest tip you took away for, um, for the people listening as, as an adult making friends? Because I think now it's going to be more of a challenge because you, you don't even have a new office to go into, right? You're at right. home. Yeah, I think that honestly, the biggest thing to take away when it comes to making friends as an adult is that it actually takes effort. Like, you have to put in the work to make friends, just like in any sort of relationship, you put in the work and that's what, that's how you make it what it is. But yeah, when it comes to making friends, you actually like, make the effort to call them or to schedule something and like that's how you can sustain your friendships. So that was my biggest takeaway. I like that. And it is effort, right? You can't just sit down and you know, it's, it's not field of dreams. Right. <laughs> as much as I love it when people cancel plans and I can just like chill on the couch. Oh. I also very much like friends and you know, back when everything was open, we would do bingo every Wednesday. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just making fun plans like that. My friends that, um, some of them are in Albuquerque, one is in New York. We would plan to go to New York every year. And so, yeah, it takes, it, it takes effort. It's um, the, the, I think when we look back on COVID, we're gonna see one thing for sure is, oh, we, we didn't have to work so hard at lying. Right? Like this was the easiest year of lying anyone's ever had. It's like, don't wanna go out? <laughs> you know what my throat is scratchy yeah. and it's six and i'm afraid like, like out of respect in a pandemic you, out of respect to you it's not yeah. even me being lazy it's yeah. not that i haven't showered yet or i don't want to go out out of respect to you i'm not going to now exactly. where would i on my friend's marathon boop, 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 boop. right i mean it's just oh my gosh yeah no that's that's and very if, true and, and who's going to call you out on that lie what selfish son of a bitch is going to be like, no, you yeah. show up. You put I'll boo people. If people, uh, if people are like, nah, I don't really feel like doing it. I'll <laughs> boo them. 
just do a quick <laughs> boo to let them know that I'll miss them. No, that's nice. Yeah, you know. Do you see, uh, so we got, uh, there has been a mass exodus from California of something I've never seen before. Mm-hmm on a entertainment level, not even on a corporate company level. I mean, I don't know if, you know how familiar you are with Rick Perry, the old governor, but you know, he was big on going to other states, <laughs> buying billboards mm-hmm. in California. It's been like, hey, have you seen Texas? No state income tax. You should come over here, give yourself a 13% raise. That'd be super, wouldn't it? I mean, he's just craziness. And yeah. now we're just seeing it without anyone. I mean, Abbott's not going around putting up billboards and we're seeing, I mean, Joe Rogan's taking his 100, 200, whatever, $100 million contract plus stock here. And he's here now, he's right? Here now. Yeah. Yeah. Culturally, as a culture reporter, does that, or could that turn Austin into a podcast hotbed like we are with FinTech, uh, like we are with healthcare tech? and live music do you think that could be the next and then he also he wants to open a uh i don't know if he's gonna he either wants to take over a comedy store or you know start one or really integrate into one here that would be awesome i mean the comedy scene is in austin is already great i mean we have yeah. moon tower comedy festival we got big names coming through here which is so cool and you know it's it's hard being the person that has come in and I am the person that people complain, oh, you just moved here a few years ago. You're not really Austin. And I'm like, I know, but I'm trying so hard to like understand what it is. Who's complaining to you? Oh, people complain. People complain all the time. If you haven't been in Austin for more than like 10 years, (laughs) five years. Right right under 11. Are you, okay, see? See, you're classic Austin then. Yeah, no, I mean, I, it's hard. It's like this thing where I want Austin to keep its flavor, as I think most people do. Mm-hmm. And also, man, it's cool to watch a place grow, you know? Do you, what is that tipping point in your mind? Growth <laughs> versus oversaturation. Is there such a thing or is it just a life cycle? Oh man, I don't, I don't know. I mean, that's why they started the keep Austin weird thing was like, Hey, let's make sure that we're not getting rid of these local businesses. Let's continue to go to the places that are ran by your neighbor. And I don't want that to go away. I totally see Austin as a place that is very good at supporting local, like, and it's also because there's so many great local options. But yeah, I think when things got, start getting re- replaced, where it's like your favorite local spot is getting replaced, then that's when it starts to become a major bummer. It's, it's interesting, right? I mean, Austin has got this Keep Austin Weird flavor. Mm-hmm. You know? So do two other cities that used to be sister cities to Austin. And then- We started it though. We started it, but Portland and Des Moines, <laughs> two great sister cities, right? Or used to be. And then Austin was like, we don't, we don't do North American sister cities. We only do international sister cities. <laughs> it's like, can we not be pretentious? <laughs> yeah. Come on. I, I know. Yeah. The, uh, I did a story on the Keep Austin Weird. That was like one of my first bigger stories. And so I got to meet the first guy that ever said it. So that was cool. Oh. 
Yeah. Now, how does he know he's the first person that said it? Is- he said it um, while he, he called into a local radio station, and I don't know what that radio station is. I apologize. Um, and his name's Red Wasnick, and he has a book about Keep Austin Weird. And basically, he that was his thing. He talked about why he supports local businesses is because he said it, quote, keeps Austin weird. And then it just kind of like took, took off from there. He created bumper stickers and then, you know, it kind of went to other hands. No, um, right. But yeah, it was all about supporting local. Is there, has there ever been an interview or what is the one you want that you haven't landed yet for Austin? For Austin, um, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I feel, I wish that I had, you know, dreams and goals and stuff, (laughs) but I truly just kind of move along. I think that, you know, if I had a nickel for every time Matthew McConaughey was mentioned to me while I was doing my interview and like he gets mentioned so much, that would be cool. For me, it wasn't as cool when I first came, but now that I'm a big soccer fan, I have my season tickets for the Austin FC schedule. Oh, and so that would be cool. So, I mean, anything with Austin FC would be pretty great for me. I would very uh, much enjoy that. My buddy, uh, he has a, a, a group in um, Southern California that I work with. And we work with uh, legends of soccer and uh, NFL alumni and uh, NBA alumni. So I do get to do events with those guys, which is pretty fun because I don't obviously know nothing about soccer, but then I get to sit down with like Kobe Jones. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Hang out and he's just like, and here's Jason. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna have a conversation about sports and marketing. He's gonna have some beers. He's gonna mm-hmm. chime in with something. We're gonna love it. And he's gonna stay quiet the rest of the time. I'm like, <laughs> hey guys. So are you in sports marketing? You do marketing, right? I do kind of. Yeah, I was. uh, So I was a part of Team Bad Company, which is the most successful uh, Marlin fishing team in the world. Mm -hmm. And I did a $100 million licensing deal with them and and, uh, Viking Yachts. So what that meant is that the gentleman who owned Team Bad Company bought uh, all the Crow's Nest yacht dealerships along the West Coast, from Cabo to Seattle. And what he was doing is he was buying three or four Viking or um, Hatteras yachts at 60 feet long every four or five years. By three or four, he had gut them. So he's paying $4 million for a yacht. And then he's gutting it and rebuilding it the way he wants it. Wow. And so instead, big brain on Brad, let's go to the BMW or the Mercedes-Benz group over here, whichever one you want, and see if they'll give us these boats. And I'll also make a line of these boats from 45 feet to 80 feet so that other people can buy them and use them. And we'll call them bad company additions and Viking bit. So did that, traveled the world, hunting thousand pound Marlin, uh, went to Cabo, you know, just take reporters out. We're like, let's go to Hawaii for a week and let's just fish on this Rybovich. Um, remember Bernie Madoff? Yeah. So Bernie Madoff had two Rybovichs. He had the last two ever built. They're a handmade wooden sport fishing yacht. And they're about 45 feet. And we bought one of those, the very last one ever made. Oh, wow. From the Madoff estate to have it and brought it out to Hawaii. 
but yeah, That's so there was, it was fun. So I, you know, so I did that uh, for a bit. Uh, and then I introduced companies to, I mean, there's everyone wants the NFL shield or they want the NBA shield or MLB or, you know, um, major league soccer, right? They want that, but no one wants to pay the price. Like no one wants to shell out $400,000 to do a partnership with the NFL. Right. So I'm like, great partner with the NFL alumni. Guess what? The shield's exactly the same. It just says alumni in real small letters. Hey. Okay. Let's oh, get creative. <laughs> I don't have the money. So let's go. Let's, uh, and then I'll invite a ton of NFL players and they'll just come and drink and talk football with you over like this. Well, a game is being played in the background for Monday Night Football. And then we'll raise charity for breast cancer awareness and, you know, for kids going hungry and toys for tots and all that stuff. So we just, you know, it's, um, it's a way to engage the community. It's a way to show people um, flexibility in yeah. where you can market and how and how to engage with sports figures without actually having to write the huge checks. And then also how you can do all of that and not seem like a greedy son of a bitch and actually give back to the community as well. <laughs> yeah. You can't save $400,000. I can't save you money and then have you go great and then just look at your bank and rub your hands together and think it's fantastic. You're still parting <laughs> with some of that. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. And making sure of that. That's good. That's yeah, good. so, you know, do stuff like that, which is fun. Um, I've had friends, obviously some friends of mine. I've been you know, professional athletes um, and taught me a lot of things and walked me through some of the ropes of uh, how to navigate those waters in, in that arena of marketing and working with pro sports teams and leagues and all that jazz. Yeah, yeah. Just, you know, one of the fun things that I get to do on a daily, weekly, monthly basis that besides this and travel and kids and dogs and everything else. I mean, it's, you know. Okay, so you have multiple kids? I have multiple no, just, kids. Just, I just have one kid. I say kid, kid because she makes me work like this. <laughs> yeah, that's true. They'll do that. That's for sure. It is my parenting fail every day. I mean, I tell her, I go. Bad parenting, apologize. She's like, I do have this theory, and for people who listen a lot, I apologize, you hear this a lot, but for kids, right? Their relationship with mom and dad, that's the only relationship that they, they're not choosing to have. Like mm-hmm. They're stuck with it for 18 years unless they run away, right? They're just right. stuck with it. So it's as much work on their end as it should be work on our end. Like, how am I doing? Where did I mess up? Recognizing where you mess up, being like, hey, gee, I could have done better. And let me tell you why. And let me tell you what I'm going to do to be better and let's hold each other accountable. You know, I mean, this whole teaching kids and learning and. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's uh, it's stressful for sure. I let, let, teachers go to school for a reason. They have a calling because they're not, it's not for pay. They've got a calling and they do an excellent yeah. job. Yeah. I didn't go to school for teaching because I don't have that calling. It's not in me. And my daughter yeah. looks at me like, I want to go back to school. So bad. <laughs> I know. Oh, I feel so like it's such a complicated situation. It's just a complete nightmare. But dang, I hope that we don't like that. We like truly learn to appreciate teachers in school after this. Like if anything is going to get us to finally do that, it should be the fact that we have to sit and try to navigate the Internet and helping answer questions every five seconds. Like, oh. yeah, now, I mean, parenting. So I have an eight-year-old. He is in third grade, and I have a four-year-old. Wow! And she is uh, sassy, funny lady. Mm-hmm. How do you now? Which one? 
caters more to it. Like my, my poor wife. So Look, I did, I this is how much my, you. this is, yeah, she's sneaking it behind, right? This is how much my kid looks like me. We were, she was probably six months old. Wife and I are in HEB cruising around, baby, six months old. Just this lady stops me in the circle C HEB. Just, excuse me, sir, I have a question. I'm like, yeah. So, well, congratulations. I'm like, man, this is beautiful. She, she looks just like you. I'm like, oh man, I hope she looks more like her mom. I don't make a good looking lady. And we're joking around. And then she points to my wife and goes, does your wife get offended that you have such a beautiful nanny? Oh gosh. Wow. Yeah. yeah. What a thing to say to a stranger. <laughs> what oh my God. thing to say to a stranger. Does hey. your wife get, okay. Cause does your daughter still look like you? Exactly like me. It's okay. Ter- those it's are my, my kids look like we cloned them. Hi. <laughs> For those of you that are just, uh, obviously we only just listen to this. So my daughter, <laughs> oh, yeah. as she does sometimes. Uh, so you take, slide your glasses off real quick there, Disco. Bada boom, bada bing. And you oh, can see. hello. You look beautiful. <laughs> yep. I love your shirt. I oh, love yeah. your glasses. Yep. She is a, she's a trooper for letting dad teach her. That's for sure. But yeah, so she looks a lot. My, my, my wife is olive yeah. skinned, long, dark hair. Uh, you know, five, eight, five, nine, 120 pounds. I mean, and, and, you know, she, she's from Kentucky. So yeah. she about mama's home kiddo. She about jumped across the shopping cart and strangled this lady. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, well, some manners. Cause we get the same. Cause my kids, I mean, my kids look just like me. And so, you know, a lot of people will like, I guess put my husband down, but they don't realize it. They're like, how does it feel that you're, kids look just like her and they don't look like you and it's it's frustrating it's crazy very frustrating i don't understand people are just people are wild they're just out here saying whatever's in their heads there's no filter there is no no filter which is crazy i mean you know but at the same time okay i mean yeah (laughs) it's it's good for my daughter it teaches her you know, the, the balance and direction in, in, in which or, or where things should or shouldn't go. That's for sure. Hey, yeah. by the way, local news, no one else is going to appreciate this. I don't know if you followed this or not, but I'm excited about it because it gets me one step closer to beating him, which is a lifelong goal. Of, not a lifelong goal. Of mine. I, uh-huh. I his chops. Do, you, you, do you know Jason Dick? Okay. Only because I listened to, I have listened to a couple of your podcasts and you mentioned him so yeah, so 101X in the morning, he and Deb, I think uh-huh. the number one local radio show here in the morning, uh, he recently lost like 130 pounds. He lost a person. Dang. A whole on person. So I've been busting his chops for years because he's slowly been gaining more and more weight. And I'm like, come on, come play basketball with me. He's mm-hmm. like, I have delicate ankles. I know, like <laughs> to golf. You know, yeah. He's like, he's like a, a Bud Light. Uh, lifestyle endorsed, you know, sponsor, whatever kind of thing. And, but he just never would. And then I don't know what happened. And he's like, I'm going to lose weight. And I was like, all right, good. And then we went out and had lunch. And mm. He had a salad and water. I was like, oh, Ugh. A pizza, a pitcher of beer, a straw, I guess, because this guy's not sharing or he's not in- indulging with me. <laughs> and now he's down. He, I'm, I'm, I'm always blown away by the mental will to decide to do something, you know, whether That's, it's playing yeah. soccer or running or working, you know, because it, it all takes effort. Yeah. 
Truly. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, just seeing people who can do that because I've been trying to convince myself, please just go to the gym. I'm begging you, please do it. And then I just like, my willpower is not super duper, but mm -hmm. I mean, I've gone to the gym three times in a week oh. and that's the best I've done in months. I and like months it. and months but but yeah i mean for someone to be able to do that and to just like that's like truly not giving up because like losing weight it's not like it's easy like that you can't you can't fake it you yeah. know like that is true effort that's you taking the time yeah and it's, it's so hard like i love food like so much and i love ice cream what is ice cream you're guilty? Is that is that your Achilles heel? I don't feel guilty about it whatsoever. No, is it your I... Achilles heel though? Is that the <laughs> one thing that'll get you? You're like, oh. Oh, oh I mean, like, I wouldn't like, even I wouldn't full. even call it I wouldn't call it getting to me. I am uh, very much. Uh, I probably should be better about like, make sure you don't eat too much ice cream. But like, you know, I'm That's an good. adult. I have lived this long, and if I want to have a spoonful of ice cream when I first wake up in the morning. I don't deny that. I like that <laughs> attitude. I really do. I, I also, well, maybe not. It's probably, maybe a little. I also live an airport lifestyle. Mm -hmm. well, you know, we were, I was doing an interview with someone and they're like, are you, it's 7 a.m. I was like, yeah, it was a weekend. Maybe yeah. it was a weekend. And my wife was gone for sure. I wouldn't yeah. have been this brandish if my wife was around. It was like 7 a.m. <laughs> I'm doing one of these. <laughs> oh like, my God. Did you just crack a beer? And I was like, yeah, they're serving him in airports right now, champ. And he's just like, <laughs> oh, he was so repulsed. This poor guy's just like, I don't know if I want to continue this conversation. And I was just oh, like, man. what did you have this morning? He goes, I had a donut and coffee. And I was like, oh, he's like, what's wrong with that? I go, you are just embracing societal norms that one is okay and one's not. Right. And arguably, the amount of sugar in that donut is worse than the amount of beer or alcohol in my beer. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know if that's true. I don't care. I still sold it as true and he bought it. Yeah. Amazing. Well, I think the, the they're serving them in airports right now excuse is fantastic. Well, that's the airport lifestyle. You got to live it. You just, you got to embrace it. I, but I like that attitude. Like, you know, you know, scoop ice cream. You know, you're not going crazy. You're not having a carton. You're just having a scoop of ice cream. And if yeah, you jumpstart yeah. your morning, get after it with that. Yeah. Throw a little Bailey's on top. Oh, you know, I haven't done that. I would probably very much like that. Do a coffee ice cream. Okay, my favorite kind. Good coffee start. Coffee ice cream, right? You do a little mocha chip in there, some nonsense like that. Okay. But then you got to jazz it up, and then you got an option, right? You do a little Kahlua, do a little mm -hmm. one on the table, a little one ounce shot of Kahlua, maybe a little one ounce shot of, uh, of whiskey, right? Yeah. And bada boom, bada bing, man, you are, you have, you have won. I know you've got look your, at my new iPad. I know. Can I finish this interview and then I'll check it out with you? I know. The kids got their iPads today. So she is she's oh, very wow. excited and it's all loaded up. That was the other thing. They're just like, do you want one of these iPads? Mm -hmm. And I was like, I mean, yeah, I guess. I'm like it'll be loaded up with all the information they need, preloaded, ready to go with all of her info. And I was like, Oh yeah, yeah, no, that's exactly what I want. <laughs> okay, so you got an iPad. We got a uh, Chromebook. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah, then I'll check it out. How old is she? 
She just turned seven. Okay, so she in second? Second grade, yep. Okay. She's going to go in. Yep, and she's lost four teeth. She really wants you to know that. That's the, that what? She's what? She's lost four teeth. So I have a friend, listen, yeah. and I don't know if you have these people in your life, and I don't, it's, it's, these, these crazy people who love your kids, and they do random stuff, and you're like, hey, pause. Can you call me first? Like, one of my friends, and I love her to death. She's an amazing person. Her and her husband and her son are great. She texts me and she goes, what's Harper's Venmo? I go, what? Um, <laughs> no Venmo for my child. Does she have one? No. Do children have Venmos? In Hollywood, they do. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so no. She's a well-known actress. <laughs> she, oh, my gosh. She sends a video. She goes, play this video for your daughter. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay. So I call Harper. I'm like, hey. My friend sent you a video. She goes, I heard you lost your tooth and swallowed it. Well, because of COVID, the tooth fairy stopped at my place and just couldn't make it all the way to Austin. So I'm going to mm-hmm. Venmo your dad the money plus interest. So buy something with it and then share with me so I can get it to the tooth fairy. And then venmo me for a tooth. Oh. $50. Oh, my God. Okay, that's, that's um... not normal. No, it's not. That's not <laughs> normal. Can we can we talk about Tooth Fairy stuff? How Please. many children listen to this? Do you know what your children demo is? Children is demo it... is because of usually the amount of cursing that I do. Oh, drinking. good. Okay, cursing demos, is allowed. Yeah, cursing. Great well, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Do you? The Tooth Fairy thing is so like when my son lost his first tooth, I was like, I'm gonna write a t- tiny little note. I'm gonna sprinkle glitter on it. I'm gonna give him five bucks, which is a lot if you add it up times twenty whatever teeth that we have. Yeah. After the first one, I mean, it was like, hey kid, here's a buck. Sorry, it's stained and like no notes or anything. Like, and here's my question: Do you save them because? I have a thing of all of my baby teeth that my dad saved, oh. and I don't know what to do with that. No, you throw it away. Well, you can't. You throw, throw it away. away? No, you can't. You can't. No, I don't throw them away. I can't. Okay. There's DNA in there. My kid's gonna get framed for a murder. She's yeah. gonna be. She's gonna be part of another outcry on Showtime documentary uh, series. You know Hayes County. Uh, They're like, yeah. yeah, but this kid's. She's done 300 homicides. She's seven. Yeah, well, she's a time traveler. Like, yeah. just, well, the cop said it, so you know, there you go. Get after it, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's just nonsense. So you can't throw it away because you can't have your DNA floating around out there. Right. However, so, keeping them in a jar is also... They're in a, they're in like a little medicine bottle thing. Yeah. I don't, it's, listen, I don't know what my wife does with them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> she's collecting them she's collecting. and you're going to find them someday. And, and a necklace that she just wears at night when when the and kids they're are gross. Gone. Yeah, when the kids are gone and she's just yeah. like, honey, what are you doing over there? Just rubbing my necklace. You got a new necklace? It's a new old necklace of teeth of our child. Oh, just I will run out of the house. Exactly. Look, yeah. I mean, you I do know. what you can. That's parenting. Baby. Things weird. What do you you know? What are you gonna do with um, Santa Claus? Oh God, we're oh, we're almost to that. Or age. or Easter. What are you doing with the bunny, Captain Hip Hop? Uh, we didn't even, we suck at Easter. You guys are like, it's like here's, a, here's a pink shirt and a box of pretty. chocolates. Look, we are young parents, so we are still trying to figure out 
our dang lives. So we have been terrible when it comes to like holidays and stuff. The Santa thing, I know that that's got to be coming to an end soon with my eight-year-old, especially because we watched Brooklyn Nine-Nine and they were like, yeah, you know, when kids believed in Santa and I was like, oh my God. Exactly. When I was younger, um, we went to the mall. I was little and I was with my dad um, and we were like, oh, let's go see Santa. And then the line was very long. And my dad said, screw it. Santa's not real. Let's go home. <laughs> and that, I think that I, I was at the age where I like pretty much knew and he knew that I knew. And it would, that was the confirmation of like, Hey, you're old enough. I know, you know, whatever. And that was wonderful. And that's my dad. Are you going to do a, uh, I mean, if there's a year to do it, the COVID year is the year. So kids <laughs> oh my Santa. gosh. I know. Well, but I mean, he has a little sister too. So once he, stops believing in the magic mm -hmm. then he will tell him that he can be part of the magic uh, well, that's pretty so cool. i think that that's what our plan is don't ruin your sister's magic but be part of fooling her it's going to win you lots of awards exactly help us lie to the smaller child thank you now was i correct in reading and not as a shock but just because i don't want to it's, it's like going to Susan Lucci saying, hey, did you win an Emmy? And she's like, mm, not yet. <laughs> oh. You've won an Emmy, right? Nope. <laughs> no. No, I've, I've been nominated for three Emmys. Nominated for three Emmys, okay. And I am a three-time losing Emmy person. You're but still, that's okay. You're still nominated for three Emmys. Yeah, yeah. And this, these are the, like, regional Emmys, so. How does that happen? Does it do, um, do people write in and go, she's only, she's not an Austin local, but damn good work. No, no. So they were from Roanoke and basically, so the, they're smaller and so they're not daytime Emmys, but they're mm -hmm. smaller and they're based on your region. So we were like in Virginia. So it was like Washington DC and places like that. And what you do is you, you, it's all a money-making scheme. But, I mean, it's nice to say, but basically sure. your station will pay for it or sometimes you pay for it. I paid for my last entries and you pay to enter it. And what they do is, the cool part is it's people who work in the industry in a different region that watch your stuff and then they basically rank it on a scale. If you get a certain percent or whatever, you get nominated. And then it, then it goes to like even more people. And if you get a certain percent then you win and so okay. for the region they it wasn't to where you were like against everybody you just like multiple people could win mm -hmm. um but i was not not one of those people but it was cool it was such a cool experience going there and just meeting people and um hopefully someday i'll sub i'll do something that i'm proud enough of to submit again but I had help with like, I had somebody who was helping me edit and helping me shoot things. And now I do things mostly on my own. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, that was, that's cool to say. It's cool to say, yeah, I was nominated for an Emmy. For an Emmy? Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Where, um, what's the dream job for you? I, I don't know. Yeah. You know, a lot of people come and they do news basically just to work up markets. Um, sure. And move on i obviously have a family we've moved twice now 
in their lifetimes, which are little lifetimes so far. And so we like love Austin. So at this point, I'm like very set on being here in Austin. I would love it if KVU started a lifestyle show because that would be incredible. Mm -hmm. Um, and I would try very hard to be a part of that team. Um, but I don't know, like, yeah, I love lifestyle. I love lighter things like Hoda and Kathy Lee. Well, it's not Hoda and Kathy Lee anymore, but, um, I love shows like that. 10 a.m. wine drinking. Right, exactly. Yeah, our old show in Roanoke would come on after their show, and it was like the perfect transition. Um, But yeah, it was, I don't know, I don't know. I I like being in television. I like sharing people's stories. I like uh, getting to know people and making people laugh, and um, I very much like this TV job. I got in it way different than other people, and so how'd you get in? Still learning. What, what, What kind of drove you to it? I was in college and I was going to school uh, for PR and advertising. And so I always thought I was going to go into sports marketing. Um, And then when I was in college, I was, I went to sleep and then I woke up in the middle of the night and there was a commercial for being what was called the face of Fox, which Mm -hmm. was the person that represented the local Fox station at events and would be on commercials and stuff. And I was like, that seems fun. I will submit uh, I will submit an application for that. And so we had to make videos to do it. And basically I won a contest to be on television. And then I became the co-host for their lifestyle show there. And so really weird. And like, I didn't go to school for it. So every day I'm learning for sure, just trying to get better at doing this job. Um, but yeah, not traditional for sure. And some people don't like it because people work really hard to like work their way from market 160 to Austin market. And I started at market like 47 in Albuquerque. So it felt like cheating. Yeah, But, but now that I'm that, now that I've been nominated for three Emmys. <laughs> kind of proves your point, right? How much like I it, can do this. But also how much of is the, is the, is it your fresh perspective and the fact that when you talk, you don't put on the fake news voice. You don't go, and now here we are right. next to, and here's, you just, you're, how, I mean, I know people get upset because they go through the whole thing and they figure mm-hmm. out what power jacket and what shirt looks best on this color. And they, you know, right. they go through all that. And you walked in, you're like, hey, I'm smart. I shot this video. Look, I won. <laughs> oh, and um, I've landed uh, 46 market. Yeah, this is just, I mean, is it because you didn't know all the work? You didn't, you didn't see Everest? You, you just walked up and grabbed a Sherpa and you're like, what are you doing? He's like, hiking. You're like, I like to hike. Let's go Right. Hike. That's very much what it feels like. And that's kind of, I don't know, I'm very much a go with the flow type of person, just kind of like taking whatever's coming and adapting And Mm -hmm. so I think, yeah, I mean, uh, so in a way, you know, moving to the news side was a little bit harder because things are a little more structured on the news side. Doing a lifestyle show, you're just winging it and just saying whatever, but doing news, like, you know, they have a strict, like you have, your segments need to be like a minute 30 and like they have to give the who, what, when, where, why type of information and don't make it look like an advertisement. So like it has been such a learning curve for sure. But yeah, I think, I think there, 
that maybe not going through school helped me still retain like I am still always myself when I'm on camera like mm -hmm. I could not like I could never be an actor because I just this is it like this is what it is always sometimes to a fault but usually it works out for me you know Ran random question here um but I love these stories so mm -hmm. how did you and your husband meet Oh, um, so we were in college and we had a mutual friend and that friend was having a game night. And so I went over there and, um, my husband was there and this was, okay. My hair was very, very short. I had shaved it like a few weeks prior for St. Baldrick's, which is oh, an organization. Um, it's an organization where you shave basically you raise money you go to people and you say hey how much money would you give to childhood cancer research if i shaved my head okay. and so i did that when i was in college when i was a sophomore in college and so my hair was like you know not even an inch long and so that's how i met him and so he he said that he was attracted to me right away and i was like all right great and i wasn't attracted to him until i saw him in a, in a suit in a suit yeah the suit you did it out speedo weird but okay let's keep going yeah <laughs> yeah uh, we were supposed to go to this um dance thing with our friend because he's in a fraternity and we were supposed to go to this dance thing where you like dress up and i told them i would be there and then instead i went and i played soccer which is very much very accurate for who i am and then they knew where i was playing soccer because it was on campus where the dance thing was and they walked over there and he was in a suit and I was like, hello, sir. <laughs> and uh, just, I'm ready. Exactly. And um, yeah, so we basically started dating, but I got pregnant four months into our relationship, which wow. is not a long time. Um, luckily wow. it worked out. We're still married. It's been eight years, which is great. Love it. So, awesome. Yeah, it worked out. But mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, being pregnant as a junior in college, like I, I was pregnant on my 21st birthday. I was very, very pregnant. It was rough. It was like not, it wasn't the easiest thing. And then, you know, going into, and then I got the TV job. So I was working full time, had just had a baby not that long ago, was going to school full time. I don't know. We just make it work. You just go, all right, I can do this. Just do one thing at a time and just keep moving forward. Anyway, that's how I met him. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. I was just, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, isn't it amazing when you want something and, right. you're, and you're supported, how easy it is to say, just make it work. Yeah. Because I think the supported it, thing. Right. And, and you're supported. The people that don't like their jobs, that aren't mm -hmm. supported at home, that complain, they just, you know, they're in a funk. Yeah. That what you said sounds impossible. What you said is just, it is it is something that, that cannot be accomplished. Mm -hmm. But when you're living a passion, you've got a, a physical way to, uh, to escape being soccer, when you've right. got the support of your husband, I'm assuming supportive family and friends as well. Yep. And I, and I say all that because now's the time when people are gonna start making changes, right? Oh, I can't go into my office, or oh, these rules have changed, or oh, I now have the opportunity to go right. after my dream job. At the end of the day, I mean, as long as 
COVID's not going to stop it. Let me go get it, right? Yeah. And they should know that whether you're 21 or 51, that energy shows up and that desire shows up. Now the push through, right? That's supportive family and friends. Those are the long late nights where you might have done a shoot in the morning and then come home to the kids. You've got a test that night and it's full and the test is at eight. And they're like, yeah, but hello, we're a family. And you're like, we are. Yeah, yeah. I think that support is an extremely important part to mention because it would not have been possible without family and having a supportive husband, even though we had basically just met. Uh, (laughs) um, But yeah, absolutely. And I think that the, you know, going through the pandemic, a lot of my stories have been these businesses that are adapting and they are pivoting and they're trying new things. And I think that uh, that has just been super encouraging because it, I don't know. It's just, you can tell that there's so much passion there. And mm-hmm. so they're like, we're still going to make this happen. Like I mentioned the hideout theater, they've been doing online things on Twitch. They've been doing improv shows and they're really funny. Like the, their improv shows on Twitch, which you would never think would have been possible. And now it's something that they're going to even continue doing when they do reopen. Like, I don't know. I think that, this time and hard times in general, yes, they absolutely suck, but like there are good things that come out of them when people like really, you know, are, are passionate and want to stick with it. All good things come out of transition. They just mm-hmm. do. It might not be good for everybody, right? I mean, yeah. let's, let's think about the really soft, crazy world we lived in a year ago. We were mad at Starbucks for Christmas cups that weren't Christmassy enough. Oh my and, gosh. And, and straws for the turtles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? I mean, there's no straws. Now we're giving out straws left and right because your lips can't touch anything but wrapped in <laughs> paper straw. Right. Right. So that's the thing. We quickly just said, hey, turtles, you're on your own. All right. Sorry, we turtles. Some... <laughs> I don't want to get the sneeze because the sneeze went from bless you to fuck you in a hot second. Oh my gosh. Yes. Do you, <laughs> the worst is sneezing in the mask. Oh, I was in the store the like other day and I had to sharding. sneeze and it's, oh, it's so gross. Like sneezing in a mask. It's such a terrible feeling. <laughs> However, don't take that mask down. No, no. You're not that dropping would be your pants worse. to fart. Don't you pull that mask down to sneeze. No. Oh my gosh. No. And like, if you take a sip of a drink and it goes down the wrong hole and you need to cough. Oh. Like you better hold that cough until you you die, until you make yeah. it to your car because people around you will be Freak terrified. Out. Yeah. Freak mm-hmm. out. What uh <laughs> We are the live, you know, Austin, live music capital. Mm-hmm. Lots of bars, obviously, uh lots of breweries, all of which are shutting down at at, at a at a rapid rapid rate. Um where is our where's our yellow brick road culturally out of this like what what do you think as as a person who you know is who's really spends time with people on their best moments mm-hmm. finding the best moments in this where's our yellow brick road that we got to follow out of this i think um in what i've talked to with local people especially when we first started doing it was like it, it, and luckily Austin's good at it, it is supporting 
local businesses when they do reopen Mm -hmm. and like, or buying gift cards, which Antonelli's, have you ever been there? Yeah. I did an interview with them and he was talking about just like how much it means to them when you buy gift cards, because it's basically giving them a loan that you can use later on. And so I think that that's important. We have to be smart and we like mentioned bars and stuff. Hopefully everybody follows the rules. It can be careful so they don't, you know, go back to being shut down. But I think that actually like choosing to not go to like the big box stores and to like actually spend your stuff, your money local. I think that it's going to be the support of the community that helps get us through this like that helps get the places that we love most through all of this mm-hmm. yeah. do you um well you know you think about soccer and how it's going to come back and mm-hmm. what's going to happen on, on, on a sports side of things will soccer survive in the U? I mean it is our fourth sport arguably right even though globally it is the greatest sport in the world? Yes. Soccer. The US is like, we're still trying to figure it out. Yeah, here's my here's my true prediction. I know that everybody loves football. The concussion thing maybe pulled people a little bit and I'm in Texas, so I'm probably wrong on this when it comes to Texas. But from a lot of parents that I've spoke to they maybe are a little more hesitant to put their kids in football simply because of the concussion things. I think that more and more people are loving soccer. I think that more and more people are getting their kids into soccer and we're going to have a world cup here in the United States in 2028. My prediction is that soccer is going to very quickly move up in the United States and just become more and more popular like the more more kids play it more especially little girls play it we have the best female soccer players in the entire world here in the united states like it it is growing it absolutely is and i even austin's a huge soccer soccer town we were one of the number one to watch the women's world cup like people tuned in people love it we need to bring a team here to austin a professional team that would be great nwsl here in austin would be awesome no, I think soccer is going to survive and I think it's just going to grow. I think football might maybe go down a little bit. Probably not Texas, but I don't well, know. I see I, that. Yeah. How do you, you know, it's, I mean, since, well, not since the 70s, but, you know, there have been rulings, right, that have equated women in sports, uh, of course, in high school and college and making sure funding is is equitable across the yeah. board. Um how hard is it to celebrate soccer as a soccer fan here in the U.S. and at the same time maybe keep it a little under wraps? It's like, hey guys, we're the best. The women's soccer here, we're the best in the world in the mm-hmm. U.S. We're the best. Don't steal our thunder. Don't try to come in and take this. How do you balance the growth of soccer and at the same time keeping it special and I mean that selfishly, not as a like, you know, hiding it, but keeping it special to the women, because there is a beautiful celebration that comes, right? Yep. Especially mm-hmm. when the World Cup and the women are involved. It is just like, oh, shit, we're going to win. 
Yeah, exactly. For the guys, it's incredible. We're like, the guys, then we're like, man, we got Spain? Eh, yeah. we'll see you in four years. I know. Or it's like, oh, they could maybe win a game. That would be awesome. Yeah. I think that um, I'm pretty, I'm fairly vocal about just how passionate I am about women's soccer. And they, especially if we just take coronavirus and the pandemic, one thing that pissed me off so much was the fact that people were like, look at the concept of the bubble and look at how this bubble is working and look at the NBA or look at the NBA that started it. And it, and it makes me so mad because the NWSL was the first major sports league to do the bubble, to complete their tournament from beginning to end successfully and like they didn't get enough credit for it i think that yeah you got to get a new pr person over there i mean they got to get a yeah (laughs) it's sad to say but this is a really weird time right outside Mm -hmm. of sports inside of sports we have we've come to a unique crux Mm -hmm. the amount of people reporting on the news has gone down every year for the last like 15 years, right? It's just tick, 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 yeah. tick. The amount of people wanting news coverage goes up every year, right? <laughs> and now we're in the age of COVID, where really the only way to get my information out is through news and arguably local news over national news. Right. Because people do not like the BS. Uh, I don't need to hear, I know where George Stephanopoulos sits on Donald Trump. I don't need to hear him every morning on Good Morning America talk about it. I don't. Whether people like or dislike Trump is inconsequential to the fact that they lose my viewership when I know where they stand and then they bring it up every morning versus local news. And I would argue, and I'm also biased, but I would argue KVU does an exceptional job of the reporters reporting. Yeah. You got Mm -hmm. Ashley over there for a reason. She's doing the politics. She's got her opinion, but she comes out. She's like, and this is my piece great oh yeah love it but she does it she's honest about it and actually her takes have been different across the board over the last year and i really respect her for it in changing and in pushing forward hard on certain things she's magnificent she is i agree and so i look at all that and i go man there's never been a more important time for for you for someone Mm -hmm. like you right and at the same time speaking of good pr there's also never been a greater time for the power to, to exercise the power of news. Right. You know, and they think about it, that that group went from a leadership piece to a secondary piece to someone who followed their blueprint mm-hmm. because they didn't take relate. I mean, I'm, and I'm speaking obviously out of school here a little bit, but the proof is in the pudding, right? You didn't take your relationship seriously. You thought if you just build it, they will come and they don't. And then you just assumed you had the same number of people wanting to cover this that you would have had covering soccer at the same time two years ago. And the world is rapidly evolving and changing. Do you ever, and I can't imagine how many pitches you get that are off topic or off point or you know, like, we're that in North Carolina, it's cultural awareness week for turtles. You can cover <laughs> yeah. us. And you're like, I'm in Austin. I'm going to pass. Yeah. But what's your, for local markets, 
What's your advice to people that have a great story, like what you brought up that just didn't get the shine? Mm-hmm. How should they engage? What should they do? Look, I mean, the nice thing about local is that like, we're your neighbor. Like it, we truly like read emails. If you reach out to people, I mean, I get Twitter messages for things that are like investigative. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. I am not the person that you want, but I will connect you with the person that you want. And like, we do it. Like we follow through on our, if we tell you, Hey, I'm going to pass this along to a coworker. We, we actually do it. And so I, I mean, literally most all of us have our email address on our Twitter bios. Like you can find us at kview.com, you know, and we, we want to share those stories. Like, and I mean, even checking in, cause sometimes, you know, it'll be a crazy day and we'll get the email and we'll read it and we'll go, okay, I don't forget about this. And then something will happen. So like when people email us back and say, Hey, just checking in on this then you're like, Oh yeah, I forgot about this thing. Mm -hmm. I I think, I think emails don't get as lost as they would like at a national level because people here actually want to share local people's stories now more than ever, especially like good news stories of people helping out. You know, I think that we want, we want to share people's stories and you know, it has to go through a bunch of people. Like we have to pitch the story. So I mean, it's not just us. If you, if someone gets a no, it's not because of us always. It's sometimes it's producers or, you know, managers that say, hey, yeah, no, we don't really want to cover this. No, and, and, I, and I will second that. I mean, I emailed you out of the blue. Mm-hmm. And, and I took forever to get back to you. <laughs> no, but still you responded. And mine's not time sensitive. I mean, that's the other thing. There's nothing time sensitive about this podcast. I had reached out to Brian on Twitter. I mean, and I was just like, hey, this came up at our school and I don't like it. And it's based on COVID and some stuff. Yeah. They basically, uh, you know, my kid, and I'm not asking anyone to choose, send your kid to school or not, or COVID's right or wrong. I mean, none of that. It was, it was confusing to me as a parent when I get an email from the principal that says school's closed. Mm-hmm. However, if you would like to send your kid to school, you can because the YMCA has rented the school and you can pay $200 a week to send your kid to public school. Right. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I, I have a problem with this. Like if I'm already yeah. paying for, if school shouldn't be open because it's dangerous, then close right. the school. Don't make money off of this and off of the parents here who just want to, who need to work. Like, let's be a little more respectful. So I sent the note to Brian. And I was like, hey, <laughs> he was yeah. he's like, dude. I am going to pass this along to the producers. I don't know if it'll go anywhere or not, but I will pass it along. This is shocking. And I was yeah. like, thanks. But I think that's the other aspect, and you brought that up well. You don't control it. There are other people involved in creating a news, you know, in creating the news and how, the, how that hour or half hour shapes out, what it looks yeah. like, or in the morning, whatever that three hours or four hours, the poor Yvonne and the new gentleman who works with her does, Jason, yeah. just like, mm-hmm. time you guys get up? Oof, man, that's about the time I go to bed. This is insane. Right. Right? Yeah. But I mean, there's a lot of things going that make that structure. Right. And you know, you, you've, got to, you've got to think about all those things and storylines. Yeah, and, and KVU is very much a like, these people do their research. Like, 
I don't usually have to do very much research because it's like, hey, cool business, let's tell people about it. But these people, when it's things like that, they're like, okay, we need to make sure that we have it from both sides. We're telling it, you know, truthfully. They won't, you know, even if other stations are publishing things saying this happened, they will not do that unless it's like absolutely confirmed. Like KVU is, I mean, it is a very like honest, hardworking group of people that like really, I mean, we keep talking about putting in effort, like they really put in the effort. And I know like I trust them because I've seen the work that they do and they like go to so many different sources. And I mean, it's, it's, I mean, they can be trusted. Like I would trust them. Like, and I like try to share that with everybody. Well, it's funny because I, there's not a rhyme here. I always like to like a little rhyme or a little angle, but it's like, KVU has less reaction and more accuracy. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Just, they're just like, yeah, we're going to wait a second. I want to make sure this phone call goes through. Just, exactly. Gonna... Even if they're not first, yep. that's okay. As long as it is the actual real truth. Yeah. Absolutely. Where, um, we're getting to the point where we're going to get behind the curtain at the Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm. Give me a moment in your life when you saw Oz and you're like, this? This is Oz? Come on. Um, I think, I think that people see the television industry as being this like extremely glamorous thing where everybody assumes you get your makeup done by a professional and your hair done and you get your wardrobe for free. And I don't think that people realize like how, you know, nerve wracking and stressful this job is and how there's a lot of people, luckily not at KVU, but from other stations that I've been to who don't really prioritize the right things where they're like, oh, you need to look a certain way in order to be here and i i think that kvu is a place where they very much encourage people to be themselves and they like are they want to be as diverse as possible and they want to be as inclusive as possible and i don't think that all television stations are like that at least from what i've seen so it's it's changed a lot coming to kvu other stations it was like at one point i like they were controlling how I looked against, not against my will. Like I let them, I listened to them, but they, you know, wanted to dye my hair. They wanted it to be a certain length. And it's like, who cares? Like, why does that, does that truly matter that much? So I don't know. Television is a wonderful, wonderful place. And I love this job. And I can't believe that I get to do this for a living, but also it's not everything that people think it is from a distance. And I wish that people like viewers, Austin's pretty nice, but some people would have a little more patience because the people that I work with, they work so hard and they are so stressed out. And like, I wish people would have more patience with the people who present the news. Not me, I do pretty good. I get to plan my stuff ahead of time. <laughs> my, co my coworkers, you know, a, what they do what's called day turns where yeah. they, 
literally pitch their story at 9.30. They find out what they're doing. They have to call a million people. They have to go. They have to shoot it. They have to write it. They have to get it approved. They have to edit it. They have to go out and be live. They have to look good while doing it. And they do all, and then they have to write their web story. They have to do social media and like, woo, it's, it's stressful. Like, especially now with all of this going on. And no mistakes. Heaven forbid you make a mistake. <laughs> right. Yeah. A mistake. Right? Luckily, I, mean, I think can't. the people in Austin are pretty nice. I haven't gotten a lot of hate mail from Austin. The only hate mail I get on this podcast is you missed my favorite scene. And I want well, to write back and go, we've I don't, missed a lot of my favorite. Also, like, I don't know you. <laughs> I don't know who you are. Yeah. You're from Russia. No. <laughs> or or Kazakhstan or yeah. Canada. Get out of here, Canada. You're not, I don't know. I'm, I'm sorry I missed your favorite scene. I don't know who you are. You should, by all means, play this movie for your friends and grab your favorite scene and go, look what Jason forgot, that POS. Yeah. Great. Do you I, always end with, because when we get any sort of mean every news person that I know will always end with like, Hey, thanks for tuning in though. Thanks for tuning in. Oh, I don't reply at all. I take notes from, from Joe Rogan. Uh, not that, and obviously I do not get a, a, a one millionth of the hate or love that that gentleman gets, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, from listening before even starting this podcast, cause I'm, a, even though I don't sound or act, I'm a sensitive person when I hear things. And I used to, really get tore up because I'd get yeah. emails and, and, and comments, DMs. No one's, no one's ever brave enough because I've, I've got a good group of friends and followers. No one's ever brave enough to be like on Instagram, you suck or this yeah. is horrible. But they'll slide into the DMs and be like, hey, hey man, I'm a, I, I listen to your podcast. And so I hit accept, you know, you can go ahead and message me. Yeah. And they're like, you're a fucking moron. Yeah. <laughs> like oh man, I know. People are so brave. I don't I don't get too much too much hate. People the most I've gotten is people complaining about my hair. And I'm like, yeah, what? get in line. What are they complaining about your hair? You have hair. Why are they complaining I, about it? And I have been in my life without hair. We talked about it. I was yes. bald. Uh I don't I have I have thin hair that doesn't have a lot of volume and so I have gotten mail about look I love you and I love your personality but your hair is just and I'm like listen here Cindy (laughs) I hate it the most you get in line grab a number it's by the way numbers behind my number yes I'm number one (laughs) how does your husband deal with this like what my friend Jane Wells was called She's a reporter, uh, CNBC, on at West Coast, on a reporter for CNBC. And she posted, and it broke my heart. It, I took, when I read this, I took pause. Mm-hmm. This was years ago, and she posted, I just got a great compliment from a viewer. And it was on Twitter. And so it was, and she just screen captured, the person screen captured her on air, and then put mm-hmm. the comment below and then sent it to her. And so she did this, she just shared that screen capture. And it was, yeah. Jane, you're an ignorant slut. <laughs> that's a, from the office yeah and jane is a friend of mine oh my gosh people also a married woman her her husband's a former marine i guess never a former marine or marine who's you know no yeah. active duty her son's active duty marine her daughter graduated usc law school 
hey, woo. Yeah. Don't go after her. But also I'm just like, did your husband try to kill him? And she's like, oh, Jason, we've gone through this for years. I mean, she's been doing it for a long time. Yeah. Made her knuckles in, you know, in, in uh, Florida and then really got her big, big break doing covering the first OJ trial. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm just like, but I'm broken. And I wonder, how does your husband, do you let your husband know when you get just awful messages? How do you deal with that shit? Yeah, I... Um... For, if someone said, Brittany, you ignorant slut, that's a quote from The Office. Yes. Michael says, Dwight, you ignorant slut. First, I would be like, hey, I love that show. <laughs> um, but I don't, I don't think that it, there's, I don't know if I've ever truly been torn up about a letter that someone has, has written me because I, find so much humor in like everything mm-hmm. that it it would just make me laugh and i think that my husband is more probably gets more upset about those things than i do um because i laugh about it and like truly i think i have perspective of just like is this coming from someone, like if you look at their profile for five seconds, most of the time it's coming from someone that you would not, like you don't, like if they told you that in person, you'd be like, all right, whatever. And you would just like move on. Like it's not coming from someone that maybe you look up to in your life. Like if I got Mm -hmm. a mean letter from somebody that I like really look up to, I'd probably be pretty dang bummed out. Yeah, Hoda was like, Brittany, you ignorant slut. I would be like, Hoda, (laughs) you do not talk like that. Hoda, Hoda, I love The Office too. Let's do a podcast. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I don't know. It's just, it's not coming from anybody that I like truly love or care about or look up to. So it's like, whatever. They look at that cute little opinion of yours. Yeah. Uh, and then I just like move on with my life. I think more than anything is having, um, I think one thing that has bothered me the most is people who are maybe a little bit too, um, too into me I guess I want a nicer way to say that to where like I there's the guy who like is in love with me apparently oh like all the dateline shows and what he I mean to the point where I had to block him on all social media and like he was using pictures of me and of my children on like Mother's Day and telling me that he'll always love me and he's always here for me. And that bothered me much more than someone saying, oh, I hate you. I hate your personality. Like that, I'm like. Just messaging back. Can you just hate my hair? Listen, like, can yeah, you just hate yeah. my I hair? Yeah, I like, have you noticed my hair? How can you love me so much? It's so flat and has no volume. Um, so yeah, no, I think that that bothered me more. Was like. Wow. Yeah, that was probably, that was worse than, than getting any other. And like, I get the nicest letters though, too. Like people are, people can also just be so encouraging and so nice. And like a lot of times I'll print them out. If I get a nice letter, I'll print it out so I can look at it and be like. Do you put it on the fridge at KVU? No, oh, I should. <laughs> I should. Like, not, I mean, guys, like, I don't mean to brag, but. Do you hey, see this? Hey, hey, I need Brian, a raise. Brian, where yeah. are your letters? <laughs> yeah, right. Brian, I bet Brian gets so many letters that are like, Brian, you're incredible. 
Uh, I'm sure he does. I'm sure he gets so many good letters. So but yeah, I, I, I don't know. Sometimes I'll print them out. I'll, and I like I'll put that. them at my desk that I used to have and no longer yeah. have. Mm-hmm. I like that. I, you know, poor Brian. Uh, we brought him a couple times, so I just want to share this. I have this thing, right? And it's being getting close to 50. You're just, you're like, oh, you hung out with someone for two hours. I've become my grandfather. I'm like, yeah, that's my friend. And yeah. they're like, oh, oh, yeah. Like, that person doesn't, like, they know me. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's like my daughter's like, oh, you should go visit. You know, like Erica did the podcast and she's like, bring your daughter by anytime uh, we do the, the weather and she can see how it's done. And I'm like, don't tell me that. Cause I'll just, yeah. <laughs> you know, Brian gives me a cell phone and he's like, we should text. And uh, we're both at some uh, racetrack thing up in, uh, up in Dallas. Mm-hmm. And he's with his son, obviously enjoying the day with his son. And I'm yeah. there with uh, Prevost custom buses for all the NASCAR drivers. So I'm in this heated bus, free food, free booze, you know, servers. <laughs> you want something, they bring a go-kart up to you. They, they drive you around anywhere. I'm in the pits hanging out. So I'm just blowing up his phone. I'm like, hey, just come on, grab your son, come on down. Yeah. <laughs> Thinking he's with his son. Like this is a time for them to be together. <laughs> You know, I guess, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Brian would like to have a beer with me. I'm going to find out. Yeah, you never <laughs> know. Guy. Jesse May Peluso was here for uh, Moon Tower a couple years ago. Uh-huh. Great comic. She's like, Doug Mellard, who used to live here in Austin, who uh, a great stand-up comic who tours with Tom Segura sometimes, and, mm-hmm. uh, and Doug Benson. They've been on the show, so I just text them. And they're just like, okay, hi, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. almost worth it to change my number. Except for we know you're just you're just a likable old man. That's just all you are. I'm like that's just <laughs> like I will see this now. I'm like yeah, there's Brittany. We're, we're, we're kind of friends. It's just how it works. Just, oh you know. no, I would. I mean, I'm that way, and I'm not almost. I'm not almost fifty. <laughs> I'm almost thirty, but uh, nice. no, I'm I'm very much that way. To where I'll introduce people literally that I just meet. If I'm having a conversation with someone and someone else comes up, I will say, oh, this is my friend, whoever. (laughs) Like, then we're all friends immediately. I don't know. It's probably, it could be annoying, but I have no idea. So, I mean, is that, maybe that's just the way we were raised. I think, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm quick to be like. Is your husband that way? Uh, Or is he more reserved? My husband is. I don't know, like he's, um, I'm a little bit more like out there loud, but my husband could have a conversation with anyone. Like he's very talkative. He's, he's good at having conversations. He first, I don't know how, but he's able to just like talk about anything, um, like obscure things. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, that's what, that's what he's like. I'm very much just like loud (laughs) and I just want to have fun with people, I guess. Nice. That's but immediately I'm like, as soon as I meet someone, I mean, I interviewed Black Pumas uh, a couple weeks ago. And nice. now I'm like, those are my friends now. I met them one time and now they are my friends forever. That's what happened. Um, they don't know. Yeah. Well, no, that's what I'm with my, my friend and my little, uh, my Hollywood friend. She was her, I was part of a celebrity golf troupe uh, for the George Lopez Foundation. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the time, her husband was golfing with us. He wanted to win. I was drinking. I didn't care. 
Hi, my mm -hmm. buddy from, uh, from People Magazine. And then we had uh, this other guy from the Corona family. We had a great time. Well, she came out to visit us the back nine to see her husband. And we just started chatting. And we just started chatting. And I was like, oh, good, we're friends. And she's like, great, we're friends. And it's a weird, I don't know if it's a Holly, it's an LA thing, I have no idea. But she's like, here's the phone number. This is my husband and my, our, our cell phone number. Like, I don't know if they share, so I don't know how to fucking share. Uh -huh. I was like, great. I landed back in Austin and I had a text from them being like, it was great hanging out. Please come out and stay at the house, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, so we're That's friends. That's so nice. So nice. Yeah. Oh nice. my gosh. Fast forward 10 years, almost 10 years, and I'm commuting, working in LA. So I'm, I commute once a month to Los Angeles. And she's like, oh, I have a house on top of Valholland Drive. I'll just give you the gate code. You can stay there. Oh, my gosh. Dang. <laughs> See? Like, not, not the Holiday Inn, <laughs> yeah. but I'll take it. It pays to immediately say, hey, we're friends now. Exactly. The first second you meet someone. 100%. Yeah. Mm. Like, we're friends. Now, that's backfired on me. Uh, there's a there's a gentleman who came into town. I don't know why he gave me his phone number. Uh, I don't. I didn't mention his name. I don't. He doesn't listen. No, no one's gonna care. James Marsden. Oh yeah, I saw him at F1. Yeah, handsome gentleman. Yeah, I was just like looking at him, and I was like, I know this dude. I've seen him in movies, and I have no idea what his name is. So I had to take his. I took a picture of him, and then I texted my stepmom, who knows celebrities. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh -huh. We were at some show for South by years ago, like six years ago, seven years ago. Mm -hmm. And he gave me a cell phone number. Don't oh my gosh. Why. Don't know why. I don't know what I said to get it. But then I started texting it. And it was funny for a minute. And then he came out in some bunny rabbit movie. And uh -huh. I watched it because we're friends, obviously. So I'm going to yes. support my friend. Yes. <laughs> and I texted him that I thought he was really good in it. And uh -huh. I think he thought I was being snarky, which I Oh, do. no. And he's just like, I'm sorry. You're going to have to stop texting me. Oh, my God. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, man. Well, dang. <laughs> well, what the listen, hell? You, you win some, you lose some. Yeah, you know. A you... lost friend. You have to pour one out for him. I mean, he's obviously not going to be on the podcast anytime soon. That's fine, no. James. Resurrect your career, James. I've tried to help the best I could here Damn. in Austin. What, um, you know, we, what do you see for the rest of 2020? What, what's, your, what's your dream for the rest of 2020? Oh, man, we're going to be like this for a long time. I know, but what's your dream? Like, what do you, what do you think? Like, is there, is there, is there a way where we circumvent this or is there like a, a, for you, a light at the end of the tunnel where you're like, listen, we might be like this. We might not shake hands again. But yeah, yeah. I think the shaking hands is out and I'm okay. okay with that. I don't have to shake people's hands. Although it makes me kind of mad because I have a great handshake and I'm very confident in shaking people's hands. Mm -hmm. It's not floppy like a fish. You know, it's a very strong, confident handshake but that's okay i'm okay to say goodbye are, to you, that. are you are you hooking the pinky on the bottom or are you i don't hook a pinky through. that's we i'm not a weirdo but i make sure that the webbies touch the oh, webbies okay. make All sure right. webbies touch yeah 
and I'm a firm handshaker. I'm okay with handshakes being gone. I'm a, I'm pretty good with people actually feeling comfortable washing their hands after they use the restroom. That'll be a nice uh, change. Seems good, right? Yeah, that sounds pretty great. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I think that things will change. Yes. I mean, you've seen like concerts. Have you seen concerts in, I don't know where it was, not in the United States, maybe in Europe where like everything is very spread out so that mm-hmm. everybody has their own area. That seems pretty nice to me. I don't have to be shoulder to shoulder with people. Yeah, I flew on an airplane and like had space. That was oh, nice. It's fun, isn't it? Who, yes. airline did you fly? Who'd you fly? We flew uh, Southwest. We went to Albuquerque to visit family. So center seat empty? Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's, it was really little, nice. Is it weird though? Here's my weird thing because I fly once a month. I'll fly. Uh, I actually have to go to the office twice in September, but everyone's social distance at the airport mm-hmm. and they make that first call and everyone stands up like just our body muscle memory right everyone yeah. is like and the guy goes hey, hey, hey we're doing this 10 at a time and then everyone's social right. distance they're 10 and then they like okay let's bring the 10 up and then everyone goes Hook, right yeah. together and it's like hey folks we were just six feet apart yeah, no, not anymore. Do you remember when Southwest didn't do the uh, check-in thing where you basically just had to get to the airport as early as you could and you would yep. sit in line? Oh, yeah. I saw people get in fights over that, over, like, being first in line. Yeah. Also, are you a um, are you an early airport person or are you one of those people that flies so much that you literally will walk in when you, like, go onto the plane? No. Oh, you get there to drink. Cocktails. There and live my airport lifestyle, young lady. So do you get there? How many, how early do you get to the airport for your flights? Three hours. You get there three hours early? It's early as nice. That's my kind of person. I want to walk in. I want to check my bag. Chill. I want to, I want to I go through security. I don't want to be looking at lines going, which one's shorter? Who's taking the longest? That, they've got two kids. Yep. They've got no kids, but that person's elderly. She's got, the way she's walking, she's, she's, she's got a, a frozen hip. So there's yep. steel somewhere in her and they're going to find it. Mm-hmm. Nope. I, I chill, hang out. I'm saying hi to the TSA agents. I'm asking how the day is going. I'm trying to make their day a little better. I am. I'm hiding cocaine in places to see if that dog can find it. And then I'm giving him dog treats. I'm like, you're a good dog. You found the cocaine. Yes. Do all that exactly. stuff. Yeah. You've got to, you've got to engage them. And, but I want to walk in and I was like, oh, there's a line for coffee. No, there's not. Because I have three hours. You know what there is? Exactly. There's a chance for me to get coffee and enjoy it like an adult. Exact. Plus, people watching at the airport is the incredible. It's incredible. No, I'm a very much get to the airport extremely early. Also, I'm just a punctual person in general. Um, my family just came back in here from the pool. So if you hear children, okay. they are children. Um, so, no, and this is part of COVID. So, so you're, um, you're talking about being punctual in the airport. I want to I run a show idea by you as a person who is not only in the news, but has actually been a part of a real television show. Mm-hmm. Tell me if this will work or not. You're my first real television person to pitch this idea to. Great. It is called, the show is called, Will He Go? Okay. okay. So you take two people with remote cameras. <laughs> then you take one female with a body camera and a body mic. Okay. And she has got glasses on, a wig on, you got to do the nice wig, right? Do the whole thing. Yeah. Goes in, sits down at the airport bar. Next to a gentleman as close as you can, of course, during COVID, it's a little awkward, but pre-COVID, obviously, sit a little closer. 
oh man can i get a glass of wine please and the guy's like obviously attractive woman hey what's going on my flight just got canceled i just don't know what to do have a drink now the goal is for her to flirt with him drop hints i can't believe they gave me a suite at the downtown marriott and i'm all by myself in austin this guy's (laughs) like hmm are you all by yourself? Because I'm right here. <laughs> Let it progress until there's like, Mr. Smith, Mr. Smith, uh, last call for boarding. And then the video stops. Mm-hmm. And you have to vote. Will he, will he go? Wait, is the question, will he go on his flight or will he go? Exactly. Or will he think something mm-hmm. naughty naughty is going to happen? Then as <laughs> soon as he misses his flight, she goes, let me use the restroom and we can get out of here. He's like, fantastic. Mm-hmm. She uses the restaurant, takes the wig off, takes the glasses off, all the stuff off, puts it in her little bag and then walks out. Camera crew's still in the bar. And the guy's like, that Tom, I'll take, I'll take one more beer. Yeah, she's getting ready, of course, obviously. Handsome guy like me, downtown <laughs> Austin. This is going to be a great night. Yep. And then about 10 minutes goes by. Well, she must be a little nervous, I guess. I just don't know. 15 minutes goes by and his head is turning like it's on a swivel looking for a serial killer in the dark. Just, what could it be? 30 minutes, he realizes. He done got took. And yep. now I'm still filming because I want to see what excuses he gives his secretary wife trying to book another flight to get home or to the office meeting or wherever that some bitch is going. Right. right. And you do the whole thing. Now, obviously, you're going to have to shoot this, all of them, way in advance, kind of like that show Cheaters, because mm-hmm. people are going to catch on. Um, but two, it's not terribly expensive. I mean, Southwest flights are as cheap as $39. I don't care where it goes, because I'm not getting on the plane. I just want right. to buy the seat. So I buy right. three $39 tickets, plus I pay the model to just flirt with someone and then leave, and then my right. crew. Not that America needs more divisiveness right now. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's the last thing that we need. I think uh, it depends on where, what his destination is. You really think it's the destination? Like, where are you flying to? He's not going to say I'm going to see my wife unless I can hook up with you. I think that his, I think the destination matters. I think that the, like, if he's supposed to be going to, like. Is that the name of the show? The destination matters? The destination matters. If he's going to Vegas with the boys, he don't care. That's true. If, but, I mean, and if he's doing business, he's doing business. Nah, I think that most dudes would just be like, this was a lovely moment. I got to get out of here? <laughs> yeah. I got to, listen. I don't know. This is nice, but I got to go. I don't would know. love it if that was true. That would make the greatest show ever. Just, just. <laughs> <laughs> It would restore humanity. Who knows? It would restore humanity. Just women, just angry, and guys going, don't get caught, don't get caught. And ladies are like, you son of a, don't you dare. And he's just like, this is a very nice conversation. Thank you very much. I bid you adieu. Truly. Yeah, I think (laughs) I don't know. Look, I don't, I don't know. Remember, I got, I got married at age 21, so. You got married at age 21. Where'd you guys honeymoon at? What honeymoon? I had I had a six month old. <laughs> Remember? <laughs> the honeymoon was. Did you do a honeymoon? Got, Have you no. done a honeymoon? No. 
Oh no, we have not. We've been married eight years. We'll do one eventually. Right, Topher? Yeah. <laughs> right, Topher's like, he's, he's sure. Said, yep. She's we been will. saying that the last eight years, Jason. <laughs> we will. We will eventually. I don't know. Just like life, life just like happens, you know? And like we, yeah. So, I mean, now we have two kids. So it'll happen eventually. You just got to, you know, fly the grandparents in, take them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Here's the duct tape. Here's the melatonin. Oh, yeah. I, My- I, I, where um where do you are you and your husband in a line or out of alignment when it comes to road trips oh um i i mean we're i think with most things we get along pretty well and now he's in the house so i can only say good i'm just kidding uh no he um no we're pretty relaxed with with a lot of things. If anything, I'm more like controlling and like I can be a backseat driver. But like when it comes mm-hmm. to like road trips and stuff, he mostly does the driving unless he wants me to drive. We get some snacks. My favorite snack is Cheetos puffs. And it's usually super spicy or regular? Regular. Okay. But the puffs. Yeah. Very important that they're the puffs. You don't want that crunchy um, over fried. Uh, no, not for me. Um, but no, I think that yeah there's never I don't think there's really many things that we like can't do we get along really well luckily we joke a lot so it's pretty easy our last road trip was to Albuquerque nice Um, it's a great road trip actually and so we stopped and we stayed in Lubbock because I have family in Lubbock and while we were there my daughter split her head open oh yeah horribly and so um we had to like go to the kids urgent care and they had to glue it shut she's got a big old scar on her eyebrow and forehead right now and i mean it was a bloody mess yep how did she do that what did she we got to the hotel room and she was running around with her brother and she fell and she hit her head on the dresser and like she cried and you know how you can tell there's different cries with kids oh, yeah. and like if they're actually hurt or if they're just like scared or if whatever. I could tell that she was actually hurt and I said, oh, she's hurt. Pick her up. And my husband picks her up. He puts her on her shoulder and he didn't look at her and I look at her and I mean just this, it was huge and very deep, this cut. And I immediately started crying. And so then, yeah, we had to go to the urgent care and she's so tough though. See, you're a better parent than I would yell, echo. Cheryl Crow, first cut is the deepest. Okay, oh let's go gosh. to the hospital. No. <laughs> my wife I would so like to think like, I was that way. It's not I, a joke. These are serious times. And I, I love I, joking about things, but I don't know why it was so, like afterward, oh. we could joke about it, but that had never happened. Like the nothing like that had happened, wow. like with our kids and stuff. So that was not That's, fun, but we made it but through. You, but you guys did a road trip to... So we're uh, next week. We're doing a Tampa road trip. So Dang. well, wife is flying to Tampa. Okay. Kid and I are renting a convertible and driving along the coastline <gasps> the whole way there. So fun. She'll remember that forever. My dad and I we rented a convertible in California for one of my soccer tournaments when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Still one of the best memories. I'm telling you. The best. It's the jam. We are. We're at the end of the movie. I have, I have two questions for you. Uh, one very self-serving. 
the other just general and random. Mm -hmm. uh, so number one, and I get a lot of complaints about this. So how do I shorten up my questions? I ask the longest questions in the world and I know I do and they get confusing. Why would you, what, need, to, why what, would you what, need to shorten them though? When it comes to podcasts, you have to be, like you have to be one of the people that stretches things out. You're in the right medium. You know? <laughs> we didn't have to stretch this out. You're a great conversationalist. I, these are the ones where I get the emails that go, hey, why don't you just ask a direct question? Shut up and let her talk, bro. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to get 20 of those. Oh, geez. Nah, you won't. I All mean, right. you might. Just, just say, LOL, I love The Office, too. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's going to be my response. My yeah. 100 auto response. I'm going to create an auto response that mm -hmm. I will have for any hate mail that goes, LOL, I love The Office, too. Because mm -hmm. that's going to confuse them. That's like saying, that's like when someone offends you and you look at them or they're rude to you. And then they just stare at you and you just look and go, I hope you get diarrhea. And then walk. Oh, that's great. Oh yeah, my gosh. Like, what kind of burn is that? <laughs> I'm going to use that. <laughs> I'm going to use that. That's incredible. I hope you get diarrhea. I hope you get diarrhea. It's not, I mean, people will make it through diarrhea. It's the perfect thing to wish upon a person. Yeah. It's uncomfortable. Like, maybe you'll make it to the toilet, but maybe you won't, you know, like, I, I hope care. that you have to be put in that situation. Yeah. I love it. It's I hope not you're a rushing it's not to get to the restroom. And you poop yeah. your pants. I hope you have an oopsie poopsie with the diarrhea. But if exactly. you don't and you make it still uncomfortable, have a good day. You still had to rush and you were probably worried for at least a moment that you were gonna poop your pants. See, I mm. love it. I'm gonna start using that. I like that. Final uh -huh. question. Uh, and then we are gonna listen to my daughter. Well, we won't, it'll be played on the podcast. I made that mistake. I told someone this and they're like, I went to hang up and they're like, do not end this meeting. I'm waiting for your daughter to sing about the first time she took a poop by herself. And I'm like, oh my gosh. I'll call That's you back great. and play it for you. But it just plays <laughs> at the end. Like I hit stop and then I load it onto the audio <laughs> afterwards. That's I'm so like, great. oh, you're going out song. I can't hear. And I was like, eh, it's just her singing about pooping. But you've done, you've interviewed a ton of people, been interviewed, you've done all these great things. You're gonna do amazing things to help highlight and bring the beauty of Austin culture alive here in Austin, Texas. But all of that said, where does this interview rank in all of your interviews? I, well, I don't get interviewed. I do the interviews. So this is different, you know? It's weird being on this side. <laughs> it's nice, but mostly it never, um, I think, I don't know if it's like this for other people. It never truly feels like interview. Here is a question. Give me your answer. I always start off my interviews by saying, hey, don't worry about it. We're literally just having a conversation. Mm -hmm. And then that usually people are like, oh, okay, cool. I can breathe now. That's what the, I mean, this is just, it's a nice conversation. I'm going to be honest. When you were like, hey, this is going to be like two hours long. I was like, oh my God, can I hold a conversation with a person for two hours? And I did, and it was easy. It can happen. Can happen I get nervous folks. for things like that. Yeah. Well, you don't need to get nervous for things like this. This is, this is easy. This is easy and fun. Yeah. Brittany, let the people know. Um, let's give you your, uh, your, your, your spotlight and your glory. 
let the people know where, where they can find you on social, where they can see you on television and any hints or clips or insights of what you've got cooking and coming up that people need to watch for in Austin or illegally download in Kazakhstan or Russia. What can right. they do? Yes. Uh, okay. So you can catch me on KVU, K-V-U-E in Austin, Texas. We are the ABC affiliate. And um, on Twitter, I am B Flowers TV. On Instagram, it's the same. Um, even on Facebook, I think if you go to facebook.com slash TV, that's where you can find me. Uh, I think that that's, that's everything. I just hope that everybody gets diarrhea. That's, that's what, that's the last, that's what I want to wish upon everyone. But if that's they're listening, the closing of all time. <laughs> if they're listening, I hope they make it to the toilet just in time. There you go. Yeah. It's just that, just that there's a glimpse where it may or may not happen, folks. But when it does, just know. You exactly. You to the toilet safely because of Brittany's positive positive message to you amen exactly amen. Brittany thank you so much for your time have a wonderful weekend with the uh, husband and the kids thank you uh thank you for everything you do and uh and highlighting Austin I, I we always we really do appreciate it and uh, obviously the time as well because it's the one thing we don't get back so thank you for that and with yeah. that said folks here we go my little girl saying about the first time she took a poop by herself. That is how we close the show. Brittany, thank you again. Have a wonderful weekend and we'll talk soon, my friend. Cheers. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Oh, Thank you.